0: You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's good, everybody? It's a Friday edition of Locked on Balls. Round of applause for making it to the end of your work week. And, of course, we have Tennessee and Florida to look forward to this weekend i'm your host eric kane at locked on vols on twitter at underscore caners my personal twitter you can follow me there i live tweet during games and send out news information throughout the week plus all my work at volquest.com where i write for that tennessee rival site also i do radio here in knoxville tennessee for the sports animal Guys, got a big show coming up here today. In segment number one, we're going to recap what was Josh Heupel's Thursday press conference. He gave a little bit of information about some of the injury updates. I have gathered some additional information on that. I'm going to give you my notes here in segment number one and just a couple keys to victory for Tennessee as it uh, prepares for what's going to be a tremendous challenge in Florida. Of course, Tennessee about a 20-point dog. In segment number two, let's have that conversation. I put it out on social media earlier in the week. Tennessee and Florida, is it still a rivalry? Why or why not? There's no wrong answers here. We'll talk about it in segment number two. And then I caught up with four-star offensive tackle Tennessee commit Addison Nichols, a top 200 player in the country, and the catalyst for this recruiting class for Tennessee in the class of 2022. I'll play my conversation with Addison Nichols in segment number three. All that and more here on a Friday show. Don't forget we're talking all things Vols here, but if you want all things SEC five days a week, that's with Chris Gordy on Locked on SEC. Follow Locked on SEC in the podcast, in the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. So we're going to make this a brief segment because I've got a lot of other things to get into here for the day. You know, we've been talking Tennessee, Florida, we talked Tennessee, Florida with Brandon Olson yesterday. I gave you my first glance notes earlier in the week. Um, it is what it is. Florida is a team that doesn't throw the ball particularly well, runs the ball very efficiently, and is reeling with confidence right now considering it took Alabama down to the wire last weekend. It's got a, a quarterback in Emory Jones who's kind of been sitting back waiting, sitting back waiting for you know quite some time. Had some packages in there the last couple of years with Kyle Trask. But now it is his team, Anthony Richardson, backup quarterback, okay? Um, He's the better player, and he will be the guy before it's all said and done. But right now this is Emory Jones' team. Emory Jones, he struggles throwing the football. There's no doubt about it. Uh, He leads the SEC with five interceptions so far, but his running is what impacts games. He leads the team, that being Florida, in rushing yards, leads the team in rushing attempts, and um, he is going to try to look to get a whole lot on the ground against this Tennessee defense that – We still don't exactly know what it is, but a pleasant surprise so far in 2021. It will be challenging, uh, to say the least. A couple of my keys to victory, and again, I talked about it with Brandon. You've got to set the edges. You've got to force everything inside defensively. Those defensive ends, Tyler Barron, Byron Young, Jaquan Blakely, you've got to force everything inside. You've got to set that edge. When that fails at times, cornerbacks, Warren Burrell, Elante Taylor, you've got to come up, you've got to play physical we know Alante Taylor plays very physical out there on the island at cornerback. Um, he's one of the better, you know, run defenders in terms of tackling, coming up, laying a hit. This is your game, Alante Taylor. You got to come up and apply a lot of help in the run game. Set that edge. Don't give up the edge. Force everything back inside where Tennessee will have, you know, ten other players. Uh, backside linebackers, backside safeties, backside cornerback, cutback lanes, critical. You know you've got you got excuse me Florida's running game. They like to look at the cutbacks. Emory Jones likes to look at the cutback. Don't over pursue. Get that cutback lane. So whenever he looks back there, there's nothing there, and then there's nowhere to go. Right up front, defensive lineman gap integrity. This offensive line, um, a pleasant surprise for Florida. I do believe it's performed very well. Of course, when you're top five in the country in rushing, there's a lot of things going right for you. You've only given up two sacks in three games so far. As your Florida as well. So this offensive line, gap integrity will be huge. Again, defensive linemen, don't over-pursue. Stay in your gap. Clog it up. You're not going to get a lot of tackles in this game, but you could allow those linebackers and safeties behind you to rack it up. So gap integrity is going to be huge. Offensively, whoever's playing quarterback, I'll get to that in a moment, got to connect down the field. You have got to connect on some of those long balls, extend plays, and stretch the field vertically. There's been so, and the competition's going to be fierce, okay? Elam is a great cornerback. You've got to stretch the field and get the yards that are out there for the taking. has left so many yards out on the field. Tennessee's left so many uh, points, in my opinion, out on the field because you can't connect on the long ball. Now, that's not all what this defense is, but the beautiful thing about this, or this offense, rather, the beautiful thing about this offense is you do so many, much things underneath, the 10 to 15 intermediate to short passing game up to 25 yards. You run the football, run the football, RPO, RPO, read option, play action, pass. Then it opens up things over the top. Tennessee's doing a good job for the most part of everything underneath. It's just when it's there over the top, you're not taking advantage of it. Tennessee has got to get explosive plays. You can also get some explosive plays in the run game. Tennessee, you guys know my opinions on the Tennessee Tech game. Really the Pittsburgh game as well. Just not a whole lot to go in on the run game. It's not been great since that Bowling Green game. Tennessee, you need to create some things on the ground as well uh, in the run game. I think tight ends need to be challenged this week and blocking very well, helping out in that regard. Wide receivers need to help out your quarterback as well. It's just one of those games where you're going to be outmatched. A lot of the matchups you're not going to win individually, but if you win enough, then you can put a good uh, a good effort out there and try to make some things interesting. Also, you got to win the turnover battle plus two at least. Not just win the turnover battle. You got to win it convincingly. For uh, if you're going up a team like Florida and you are a considerable underdog, you have to create multiple chances. You've got to create several more possessions for you to go out there and you got to take advantage of them. Okay, Tennessee's not good enough right now to go and split the possessions 13-13 each and come out on top. You're just not. You got to create the difference. You know, 14 possessions to uh, 12 possessions. 15 possessions to 12 possessions. You need to be uh, plus two or three in the possession category, but also make that off turnovers and give yourself more opportunities. So those are kind of my keys to victory. A lot of those you can also take from week to week to week. It is what it is, Um, but that's just kind of how I see this game playing out. A couple notes here I want to get into. Josh Heupel didn't give us a whole lot. He never really does. But in his press conference on Thursday, um, he said that there's no update on Joe Milton, but he has been out there practicing this week. He was out there Wednesday as well. And so they're going to have to see and evaluate him the closer to game time. I think Joe Milton's going to play, just my personal opinion. Um, but I'm I'm leaning that it's going to be a Hendon Hooker start. Josh Heupel made it seem like seem like that they were very unsure about joe milton and he also was asked "Do you plan on playing two quarterbacks he said he's leaning towards no in terms of playing two quarterbacks so from the press conference thursday and maybe i'm i'm misreading it um you guys can watch it and listen to it and and let me know if you have any anything different on it it made it seem like it's going to be a hendon hooker type situation so that's kind of my assumption we will have to see but i do believe Uh, Joe Milton is close, and I do believe Joe Milton will be available for this game. Will he play? I don't know. We will have to see. Of course, I've been wrong before. Uh, Cooper Mays. Uh, Josh Heupel said that he believes Cooper Mays will be back and ready to roll, so that's going to be huge for uh, Tennessee's offensive line, and and that'll slide Jerome Carvin back to guard. So Cooper Mays looks like he's going to be a go. Um, Kingston Harris will not play in this football game. Josh Heupel didn't say that. That's some information that I've gathered. Kingston Harris will not play in this football game. He went out with an injury in the second half against Tennessee Tech. Jabari Small, I've been told that they're going to try to give it a go. We'll have to see. He's very much questionable. Uh, Missed the second half against Pitt. Missed the Tennessee Tech game. He's got a shoulder injury. I've been told that he's close and they're going to try to give it a go. Now, whether that changes between now and game time Saturday night, you know, we'll have to see. But I would expect to see Jabari Small uh, potentially out there. Very, very much questionable. But wouldn't surprise me if you see him out there trying to give it a run. I uh, talked about Joe Milton. I've been told that Latrell Bumpus is back and ready to roll, so Latrell Bumpus, defensive lineman who's missed the last two games, I would expect to see him. And then Juwan Mitchell, who missed last week's game. Josh Heupel was asked about Juwan Mitchell. He said that he's been out there getting some work in on the grass, and they're going to have to you know, see as, as time goes on. Again, that's his standard answer for injuries. Um, I've been told Juwan Mitchell's situation is a little little different. Um, you know, I don't think he's banged up all that much. Um, we'll have to see if he's out there. Uh, you know, we will. Um, it, it's interesting to see uh, kind of his answer that he gave on Jawan Mitchell on Thursday, but his status very much in question. If Jawan Mitchell can't go, expect a lot of Aaron Beasley and Jeremy Banks, like you saw last week, and and Solon Page to be that number three option. If Jawan Mitchell's there, then of course it'll be Banks and Jawan Mitchell. But Tennessee needs Jawan Mitchell, no doubt about it. You need a guy that's good against the run. You need a guy. Uh, that has played in big time games before and this is a big time game uh one thing as well that I want to point out as we kind of bring uh segment number one to a close you're getting Cooper Mays back is that's what the expectation for this game again anything can happen of course something can ha- a setback can happen a setback can happen I mean um, but I'm not expecting it i mean, Josh Hypel said he's expecting Cooper Mays back. Uh, Cooper Mays is going to be charged with blocking a couple 300-pounders. Nose tackle, Antonio Valentino, 312 pounds. Jervin Dexter, who I've mentioned before, 303 pounds. Defensive tackle, 308 pounds. Daquan Newkirk and Jalen Lee, 305 pounds. They're all in the interior for Florida. Going to be a challenge for Cooper Mays, who, again, remember, doesn't have a whole lot of experience under his belt. He did play in the Florida game last year, so that might help him a little bit. Those are some of my news and notes here heading into Tennessee and Florida. I'm hoping for a good game in the second half. It's always fun covering a team that is competitive in these type of games, but one thing Tennessee was not under Jeremy Pruitt, never competitive against Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Josh Heupel, your team is not great skill-wise. Your team is not great depth-wise. You've got some playmakers, don't hear me wrong. But what's your showing in your first game against a rival? Or a lack thereof rival. We'll talk about that in segment number two. I'm intrigued to see that. What's your showing in first game of your career at Tennessee against one of the big three? We're going to find out on Saturday. Kickoff for Tennessee and Florida is going to be at 7 o'clock, and that game will be on, what is it, ESPN? Yeah, ESPN. So looking forward to that. All right, segment number two is Florida and Tennessee. Are they still rivals Stats would lean no, but of course I have a feeling that it's going to be a big old yes for you guys. That's coming up in segment two. Addison Nichols in segment three, but first guys, built bar: Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There's something for everybody, and if you want to try them all, order that mix box where we get two of each of the nine OG flavors All in one box. Not only are built Bar flavors the best tasting, but also they're healthy too. 17 to 18 18 grams of proteins for the majority of these. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. to 5 grams of sugar. 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty and all healthy just for you. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, it looks like a candy bar. It tastes like a candy bar. Covered in 100% chocolate, but it is a protein bar. That's built Bar. Offer now is if you go to buildbar.com, you can use the promo code lock15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, lock15. For 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And the only thing more exciting than finding a new home is owning it. And the experts that run us at Mortgage, they're here for you. A wide variety of mortgage options to meet your home financial needs. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to finance your forever home, Heath Albritton, he's going to guide you through the process to find the right option for you. Heath has been in the mortgage industry for over 26 years. Has successfully helped over 10,000 families with their home financing. Large enough to offer a wide variety of products, but small enough to provide custom, hands-on service to their clients like a community bank should. Call Heath Albritton today at 615-347-0578, 615-347-0578, or visit them online at therentascentbank.com. Heath Albritton, NMLS number 196453, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All loans are subject to the underwriting credit approval. Bank NMLS number 402669. Back here for segment number two of a Friday show as we get you set for Tennessee on the road. First time in 2021 SEC opener here in 2021 season in the Swamp tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. And again, it'll be Tennessee against Florida. We chatted with Brandon Olson, of course, from Locked On Gators yesterday. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you guys learned a little bit from his perspective on who and what Florida is. Of course, it's going to be a tremendous challenge. We know that going into it. And so the uh, the bar is going to be set high, and trying to slow down both Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson, who Dan Mullen believes will be available and b- will be ready to roll uh, in this football game. Uh, Anthony Richardson, of course, we talked about a lot with Brandon. Uh, he was uh, he's the backup quarterback for Florida, and um, he's dynamic. I think he's going to be the guy before it's all said and done. He was officially held out of uh, t- of the uh, Alabama game. Well, I guess he was he was available, but he didn't play. He was the number two quarterback, but only of Emory Jones went down with injury, was Anthony Richardson against Alabama last weekend. Uh, He's nursing a right hamstring injury, but looks like he's going to be just fine, should be available to play against Tennessee, and that's what I would expect. I would expect both Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson to uh, play against Tennessee. Uh, Here before we get into Addison Nichols to finish off our show, I want to ask you guys an honest conversation. We put it a little bit on social media a couple of days ago, okay? And a lot of you guys might not like this. A lot of you guys might think it's just crazy that I'm even asking this. And that's, that's fine. But I do think it's fair to ask, is Tennessee and Florida a rivalry game anymore on the football field? I mean, I'm serious. You heard me right. Is Tennessee and Florida still a rivalry? Think about it. I mean, of course, we know the big massive landslide here of late. But let's look at the numbers here. So total meetings between these two teams, 50. Uh, Florida leads the all-time series 30-20. to 20. Tennessee had its largest victory, 45-3, to back in 1990. Um, that's the largest victory in the series, actually. Longest win streak was Florida with 11 straight from 05-15. to 15. The current win streak is Florida, 2017-to-present. These teams played on occasion, uh, actually a little bit more than I actually imagined um, before the 1990 season. Since then, 1990, Tennessee and Florida have played um, every single year, and gosh, it has been crazy it has it has been florida through and through i mean since 1990 tennessee's only won seven times um, it, it's pretty incredible tennessee has fallen to florida 15 of the last 16 meetings tennessee has not won in the swamp since 2003 i mean just imagine that where were you in 2003 say 01 i was in i was in thir- uh yeah 01 i was in third grade so, 03, I was in fifth grade. Tennessee's not one in the swamp since I was in fifth grade. I mean, I, I'm I'm 28 years old. That's incredible to me. I mean, at least, yeah, Florida's, Florida's been... You know, Leading this series here of late and it, it is on this incredible run. Tennessee broke up that run of 11 straight back in 2016, 38-28. That was the, the Tim Priest. Get you some of that, Tabor, um, and uh, whatever he got him on the near sideline there. And, of course, that magical season that ended sour for Tennessee. But, you know, at least it's been competitive up until the 2017 season. I mean, you look at some of these scores here. It was to 33, Tennessee 23. Uh, Florida 37, Tennessee 20, Florida 31, Tennessee 17, Florida 10, Tennessee 9, Florida 28, Tennessee 27. In 2016, of course, Tennessee won. In 2017, 26-20, Florida. But since 2017, it's been all downhill and it's been all Florida. Florida had won in 2018, 47-21 in Knoxville, 34-3 in 2019. We had one of our awesome listeners say that he was at that football game a couple years ago. Uh, T's and P's, man, hope you recovered from that. And then it was Florida 31, Tennessee 19 last year in Knoxville. The volunteers with the backdoor cover late in the fourth quarter that... I'm telling you guys, the 31 19, it was way worse than that. So, is Florida and Tennessee still a rivalry game? Okay. Growing up in East Tennessee, I remember going to Tennessee football games with my dad. I remember going to um, a Tennessee Alabama game. Man, I was little. I forgot what year it was, but it was whenever Alabama beat the streak, um, whenever, you know, Tennessee had been on its. You know, Alabama, Tennessee, that, that, that series is nothing but streaks. And so uh, one of those years, Alabama finally got Tennessee back. There were fights all over the stands. I remember I was trying to go and and and, and check it out. My dad grabbed me by the shirt collar and pulled me back. I, I remember Alabama telling, you know, singing that song, you know, go to hell, Tennessee, and all that. I mean, I was I was tiny. I remember that. But I remember going to some big time games like that. And I remember going to a lot of Tennessee Florida games. I was in attendance for the O4 uh, James Woolhoy kick Goat to Hero in the in the span of a couple of minutes. I've been to a lot of Tennessee football games, so you know, as I've gotten older and I've transitioned into the media and, you know, really my, my fandom's out the window now and, and I do my do my best to cover it non-biased and, and I feel like I do a really, really good job in that regard. But growing up, Florida was always the biggest rival for Tennessee, in my opinion. And it, it, it might still be for a lot of you guys, too. But it, it's, you know, it's been so one-sided of late let's take a look at what you guys said on social media i put the graphic out there at locked on a couple of days ago let's have an honest conversation is tennessee and florida still a rivalry game jenny phillips says no brendan morselet says no luke says without a doubt justin hope says nope one in 15 since 05 tyler says yes it is because i despise them and wish only to watch them suffer defeat at our hands <laughs> i like that tyler um Someone else comes in and says, nope. Allen says, uh, no, five ones in the Swamp Lifetime. Enough said. Uh, Matt Roberts says, I will never not hate Florida, but same with Alabama. You've got to win every now and again for it to be a competitive rivalry. We have two lopsided rivalries for now. Yes, that being Alabama and Florida. And Preston Chandler says no. Now, again, this is only about 11 you know comments on a Twitter post. This is not speaking for the entire fan base or the entire listening audience for this podcast. But a lot of you guys are in the same mindset I am. Is Yes, do Tennessee fans hate Florida? 100%. Does Tennessee want to beat Florida maybe more than anybody ever? Probably. Right now, it's probably Alabama because Alabama and Nick Saban and everything that's going on there. But anybody on the schedule, who does Tennessee fans want to beat the most every single year? It's probably Florida, year in and year out, okay, if you look at it from a broad perspective. But is this a rivalry right now? It's definitely not a competitive one. And that's the charge for Josh Heupel moving forward. Is it going to happen this year down in the swamp? Probably not. Uh, that that rush offense is incredible. We still don't really know what this defense is for Tennessee. So many injury concerns going into this football game. Is it a competitive rivalry? No. Is it a rivalry? I don't know. It's up for you to decide, but certainly Josh Heupel is trying to change that tune, trying to change that narrative now in his rebuild of Tennessee a couple more things or one more thing I want to get into before we hear from Addison Nichols uh, we look at Uh, The 2022 football schedule for Tennessee, again, I mentioned it just a little bit on the show yesterday, but the Volunteers are not playing Army. They're bringing in Akron. They're going to pay Army $500,000 to get out of that contract per a separation deal. You're going to pay Akron $1 million to travel to Neyland Stadium and take that butt whooping. So Tennessee loses a net of $100,000 for that Week 3 opponent, September the 17th. But Tennessee opens up against a pair of MAC opponents in Pittsburgh, in the first three weeks of the season before heading to Florida, and then you have an open date. That open date is not good, I'm telling you. An open date on October the 1st, Tennessee has to play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more games before a bowl game. Eight more straight games to end the regular season without a bye. That's not good. A bye needs to be around that October 22nd, 29th, right around Halloween, give or take a week. That's where the bye week needs to be every single year. Typically, that's where it is. But Tennessee's bye week falls on October the 1st, and that is not a good sign for Tennessee. But look at the way the schedule is. The toughest slate is going to be September 24th through October 15th. You're against Florida, then you have an open week, which helps, but then you're at LSU, and then you're hosting Alabama. So it's Florida, open, at LSU, Alabama in the span of four weeks in a month's time period. That's going to be a tough, tough swing. You get a breather after Alabama against UT Martin. Then you got some critical, critical SEC matchups to end the season and a couple games that will be toss-ups right now the way I view them. Kentucky on the 29th, at Georgia, Missouri on the 12th, at South Carolina on November the 19th, and at Vanderbilt to end the season on November the 26th. I'm not in love with the schedule. I do like the Tennessee got out of the Army deal because, again, as I said on, on yesterday's show or a couple days ago show, the Army deal just – Army, number one, is a good football team that could potentially come in here and beat you, number one, because they're talented, but number two, because they want a triple option and you never practice against a triple option. Tennessee would have to take time out of camp and out of preparation for what's to come the rest of the year to prepare to go up against a triple option football team where you're never going to see it ever again. It makes no sense. Okay, Playing service academies, I love that the money goes to those service academies. But I think they're the stupidest thing a Power 5 football team could ever do. Truly do. That's how I view it. If you view it differently, that's fine. So that's my thoughts on the Florida rivalry right now. And that's my thoughts on the 2022 season schedule that was released earlier this week. It's up to Josh Heupel to begin taking the right steps to nullify this series, to nullify this rivalry game, and get it back to where it needs to be. Will it happen this year? We'll find out. Um, It's going to be challenging. But... The hope is that Josh Heupel will get Tennessee playing competitively again to where you can knock off Florida's, knock off Georgia's, and, of course, knock off the Alabamas here in the very near future. Addison Nichols coming up here to conclude our week's worth of show and to get you set for Florida on Saturday. But first, Bet Online. Back and better than ever. All the eyes are on the gridiron it seems teams are making their way back to the football season yet again. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. The new updated site has a new interface. That means even more odds, more props, more contests. And BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football head on over to the website or use your mobile device sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus that's double your initial deposit just for signing up don't forget to use the promo code nfl100 from football to basketball to boxing right to your favorite las vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online it's your online sportsbook experts Alright guys, a final segment here of a Friday Locked on Balls ahead What should be and what we hope Will be a good football game, we'll have to see tomorrow night 7 o'clock, it'll be Tennessee And Florida, we have Commit Addison Nichols, 4 star Off at the Tackle Commit from Greater Christian Atlanta School And um, he is a, uh, a Catalyst for this recruiting class And I had a lot of good things to say When I caught up with him earlier in the week So here is my conversation with Tennessee Commit Addison Nichols four-star offensive lineman, uh, you know, a top 140 player in the country per rivals, um, you know, one, one of the better players to come out of uh, of Georgia here in this class. Uh, you know, why – it's been a couple of months, but why was Tennessee the move for you, and why did you want to go and play for Josh Hype in his program?
1: Uh, overall, it's just opportunity. And uh, I really like the new staff. I like Coach Iapa. I like Coach LRB. I really like what they're bringing to Tennessee. I like uh, what they do and what they stand for. And the opportunities Tennessee offers is just can't beat it. So uh, everything just kind of was, it was just like a no brainer in the end. So I know
0: you have some ties to Knoxville. You spent a lot of time in Knoxville, already felt like home for you. How big of a factor was that for you when it came down to it?
1: It wasn't a huge factor. I tried to keep um, ties and family as, um, out of it as much as possible. I didn't want that to be one of those things where it's like it made a huge impact. Uh, but now that I made the, d- the decision, it's super awesome. Uh, I can drive 10 minutes and I'm at my grandparents' house. So that's, that's super cool for me when I get up there. And I'm super pumped for that. Someone
0: to do the laundry, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was your, your final three, Tennessee, North Carolina, Ohio State. I know USC was a factor in there as well. Kind of reflecting on this whole process, um, you know, kind of what's your thoughts on finally being done and, and kind of having a plan for you in place to, to go out and, and know where you're going to go.
1: Right. It was, it was awesome uh, finally getting it finished. It was kind of like when I committed and made that decision, it was like a weight just lifted off my shoulders. Uh, recruiting's extremely difficult, and it just takes so much out of you. And uh, having it finished was uh, just really good for me in in life and in school and stuff like that. So super excited to have it finished. You know, when you uh,
0: committed to Tennessee, I reached out to your head coach Tim Hardy a Greater Atlanta Christian, and he had a lot of good things to say about you. Obviously, one of the things that stood out to me was uh, how good of a teammate you are, a leader both in your words and in your actions. You come into the field house the practice field every single day trying to to get better yourself but trying to better those around you kind of that role for you uh has it always been that way and is that something you hope to you know again step into one day at Tennessee
1: absolutely Uh, I'm a really sociable guy uh definitely an extrovert so I've always kind of had that about me where I uh whenever I walk into a room I'm trying to bring up the energy in the room. And when I'm on the field, I'm trying to make everyone else better with me because everyone else is getting better with you then the whole team's getting better and you win games. So uh, that's always been something about me for sure.
0: So obviously following your recruitment, I know your strengths. A lot of our listeners and, and you know, viewers at ballquest.com know your strengths as well. You're strong, you're quick, you have good feet. You're good in your pass set. You're a mauler in the run game. Uh, you know, what else about you on the field kind of sticks out and, and, and makes you stand out compared to some of the other prospects uh, in this class?
1: I'd say probably just my ability to manhandle the guy in front of me and kind of figure out what he's doing uh, during the game. I, 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 can, I can usually um, – I do a good job of getting to know him better than he knows himself, and uh, I like to use that against them, so – how much,
0: uh, how much comes with that in preparation and film study? I would imagine you're probably watching a couple hours of film every single week.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Definitely uh, watching film is super important, but there's a lot of stuff that you can't get from film. It's something that you have to feel out on the field, and I feel like one of my strengths is picking stuff like that up uh, really well and uh, being able to do something about it.
0: You know, For you and your journey as we speak with Addison Nichols here at Tennessee Football Commit Offensive Line, um, kind of, when did you know that, Hey, I got a real shot to play some big time football and, you know, for your own personal progression and the weight room and, and just in terms of your body developing, when did all that happen for you and, and, you know, and during this high school journey?
1: So, um, I I'd, I'd probably say all of it really hit going into high school, uh, the, the summer of eighth grade going into ninth grade. I gained, like, 50 pounds in the two months. I went from, like, 220 to 270. I hit the weight room, uh, completely changed my body from a tight end to a lineman. And uh, that was really when it was kind of like, okay, might be something here. And then just getting that uh, ability to play. Sadly, Miles hadn't got hurt in the first game, uh, which gave me the opportunity to play. And then playing through those games, and towards the end of the season, I was like, okay, I'm not too bad at this. Uh, something like come out of it so that was that was pretty much it this the beginning of high school when you look at
0: tennessee uh you know early in the season obviously a big game coming up this weekend against florida um what did you like from tennessee's offense new look offense of course new scheme new coaching staff um what do you think about the tempo and the overall play of the offensive line so far
1: i think it's good uh the, the, the the tempo of it's really good For an offensive lineman, Uh, it really gets the defensive line on their heels, which makes your job uh, much easier. So if you're conditioned well enough, it is a huge plus to your game. Definitely not really fun if you're not conditioned. That is brutal. Um, but overall, it's a really, really good um, system for alignment, and I feel like the Tennessee Lions done a great job with it so far. Uh, they look uh, they don't they don't look very, they don't look gas uh, when when they get really really get going. Um, so I feel like they've done a good job to prepare. Now they just got to get everyone back from injuries, and then it'll be good.
0: It sounds like this would be a no for you, but the up tempo, um, you know, trying to run three over three plays a minutes you know, trying to average somewhere in the 80s in terms of play calls per game. Is that intimidating for an offensive lineman knowing that, I mean, that's going to be a challenge for
1: you? Oh, challenges are what make things fun. So uh, it's just something to, to move into. It's not like I'm going to the same system I have. It's uh, it's the fun in it, learning a new system and um, just doing it. So I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the challenge and uh, it's something i interested in.
0: Who were some of these guys at Tennessee right now on the team, whether it be, you know, maybe Cooper Mays, maybe Javante Spragans, maybe Cade Mays? Who were some of these guys that you've gotten to know and start build relationships with, uh, you know, as, as Tennessee was recruiting you?
1: Biggest one Cooper. Cooper. Uh, I talk to him uh, every so often, and he's probably the one that I've created the biggest relationship with. Uh, the weekend, I actually committed the week before I publicly committed. I was up there and hanging out with him and his brother and some of the guys, so that was really good. So, hey, uh, we, we both have a, a, a pretty good relationship with each other.
0: You look at this class right now 14, 10 of which hail from the offensive side of the football, and so that's got to be fun for you right now. But Absolutely. you got Brian, Brian Grant, you got Mo Clipper, Masai Reddick on that offensive line with you. What about the relationships with those guys? How often do you guys talk?
1: It's, we talk frequently, we have a, a big Tennessee commit group chat um so we, we talk almost every day uh, as a group uh, where we, we plan stuff we're planning on all going to the old Miss game which is going to be really fun uh, we'll pretty much have the whole commit class so get to see some of those guys that I haven't seen in a long time so I'm excited for it but yeah we, we talk frequently.
0: Now, Addison I see you on social media and you kind of taking the the you know I won't say you're the only one because you're not but you taking the reins and and trying to recruit for Tennessee as well. How much uh, of a responsibility do you and your fellow commits kind of view that as trying to get more people to join the boat?
1: Well, it is our responsibility. It's our class. And and how good we want our class depends on how well we can recruit. So uh, it's something important to me and um, especially important to the other guys and Taven. So uh, we've made it a – important thing for us to get some guys right now we're focused on the defensive side of the ball obviously we have a ton of we pretty much have everyone we need on offense so um we're working on we're going to get it done get it right and it's going to be a great class i'm telling you man
0: yeah still certainly a lot of time in that regard all right i got just one more question for you here as we wrap things these things up um you know (laughs) growing up it was always i was always told you need to be well-rounded not just need to play football you need to be well-rounded Addison, you are an Eagle Scout. You are a second degree black belt type mm-hmm. guy. You play golf. I mean, what, you know, why did you get involved in all these things? And and obviously, they're big passions of yours, man, that just kind of flow into your personality.
1: Just something as a kid, uh, my parents would put me in it and it just kind of stuck. Uh, Taekwondo, and scouts like that. And I did those when I was way younger. So. When like, I was like, oh, I want to try that. And my parents just kind of put me in it. And then I kind of fell in love with it. So I uh, just growing up, I either get bored or my parents uh, wanted to do something with me. So I got, I got interested in a lot of stuff. So, like with music, I was bored and weave a piano upstairs. So I went and started playing music. And then I got another instrument, another instrument. So either parents or I got bored. It's typically how it went.
0: I got to believe, you know, golf, it helps with the core a
1: lot for you. And that translates to, to
0: football, of course does your know, karate help you at all? Is there any translation there? I mean, maybe
1: maybe footwork, right? Yeah, taekwondo was really good for me. Uh, the, the footwork and the hand movement was mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, and being able to use those hand moves to get a guy's hands off of me and uh, use the feet to keep them quick, it was really, really helpful. Any Anyone out there definitely needs to try it. Very benef- beneficial, especially with the flexibility as well. You know, it was good. Uh, man, just a
0: couple months away from officially signing your National intent. I know you're excited to get up here to Knoxville and start this next journey. Kind of what's your message, man, to, uh, to all the ball listeners right now and everybody reading this, uh, you know, j- just checking up on your story. What's your message to them?
1: I'd say that day cannot come fast enough. I'm counting the days until January comes, man. I'm so pumped to be in Knoxville. Knoxville is going to be the best home ever. And I know me and the guys that are coming in, it's about a. It's about to be a great time when we get there. Don't worry. January is going to be a great month. Great and, month.
0: And where can all of Tennessee fans follow you on social media to keep up with your journey until then?
1: Uh, Instagram is Addison underscore Nichols underscore and Twitter is AHNichols22. So follow me there and you'll see everything that's going on.
0: All right, Addison Nichols, Tennessee Football Commit. He is a four-star offensive tackle per rival, six foot five, three 3'10", a top 140 player in the country from Greater Atlanta Christian in Georgia. Addison, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk again soon, okay?
1: Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Thank you.
0: A big thanks to Addison Nichols for taking the time to join me in this podcast. If you want to see a written version of this, it'll be up on VolQuest.com along with the video of the Zoom That will come out on Saturday and over the weekend. Again, big thanks to four-star commit for Tennessee offensive tackle Addison Nichols. Guys, it's game time. Tennessee and Florida. As Josh Heupel said, this is why you come and you play and you coach at Tennessee for games like this. Um, Here's to hoping it's a good football game and to seeing what Tennessee has against one of the better teams in the SEC and some great competition in terms of college football. I think this is a great measuring sip game for Tennessee, and we'll have to see exactly where it stacks up, how that rush defense does against Emory Jones, and hey, if you can force Emory Jones into some third and mid, third and long-time situations, will Tennessee figure out the quarterback situation heading into the rest of the season on Saturday? I don't know. Here's to hoping. It does. We'll have to see a whole lot to watch for as this game unfolds. I will do a locked on now immediately post game. This is the only game I am not going to all season long. I'll be in Como next uh, next weekend when Tennessee takes on Missouri. But again, this is the only game I will not be at. But I'll do a locked on now as soon as the game is over. I'll have written work on Saturday night, late Saturday night, and of course my film review on Sunday afternoon at VaultQuest.com. If you want to check it out. But tons and tons of coverage. Give me a follow at underscore caner for live tweeting. And of course at Locked On Balls for live tweeting as well. Guys, enjoy your college football weekend. Enjoy Tennessee. And uh, hopefully it'll be a good game. And don't forget to check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling to get you set for the weekend ahead. Guys, stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your Friday, everybody.